0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Govs On The Go, Faculty Spotlight, a podcast featuring faculty in the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Buzz Hoon. I'm the dean of the college. I'm also the host of the podcast. And today we have a special guest from the Department of Art and Design, Billy Rinkle. And Billy, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Buzz. Thanks for having me here.
0: Well, we always like to begin uh, at the beginning for some reason, and and part of that is talking about your journey on getting to Austin Peay. Can you tell us how you got to be a professor here at Austin Peay?
1: Sure. Uh, I had never heard of Austin Peay when I interviewed for the position. I went to two very big schools, and I assumed I wanted to teach at a school like that. Mm, And I came to Austin Peay to get a couple of years experience, so I was sort of more marketable. And... Uh, and 35 years later, I've never applied for another job. Uh, it turns out I was wrong about where <laughs> I wanted to teach, and where I wanted to teach was right here. And uh, I fell in love with a colleague. I fell in love with a colleague at the interview. Wow. Though I was playing a long game, and we didn't marry for seven years, uh, but uh, like we've both been very happy.
0: That's like a story from The Office, where you, <laughs> you just played that very slow game there. Yes, Okay, and um, the person that you married was Susan Bryant, who of course, a a wonderful photographer, accomplished photographer, also professor emeritus, um, and and so many people know of her and know of you as well. Um, But I'm interested to learn what you learned from her as a teacher and also as an artist.
1: I've learned so much from her as an artist. Uh, You know, I tell my students all the time, like the big surprise when you graduate is that suddenly, like nobody really wants to talk to you about your work. Hmm. Like they'll tell it's good, but nobody like really wants to chew on it with you. And it is invaluable to be married to somebody as clear and articulate and insightful and talented as Susan. Uh, uh, I always say I was an artist before I met Susan, but I, I wasn't a colorist until after I met Susan. She is especially brilliant at color and, she taught me so much more than I learned in graduate school or undergraduate school. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. And it says something about the ability for uh, her to provide feedback to you in, mm-hmm. in a safe environment that, that you, you can take that and improve your, on your own work. Yes.
1: We always have something to talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're going to talk next about some of your favorite classes that you teach. And you uh, teach drawing classes, illustration. Um, can you talk a little bit about what, what are some of your favorite uh, classes to teach? Uh,
1: there, like, I, I can't really answer that because I don't teach a class I don't love. Mm. Uh, I teach three levels of illustration and I often teach the intermediate or, and the advanced drawing, not every time. Um, and then my colleagues have been gracious enough to let me teach a course in collage, which is the medium I work in. And, uh, the commercial work I do for clients is always collage. Uh, I don't know of any other university that teaches a course that's focused on collage, so I feel really fortunate about that. And But I love all of them. There's not one I don't love.
0: Well then, let me reframe that and, and ask you about, um, because I'm sure you have taught uh, students uh, from the, their very first um, class that they get here to the last class that they may take. So. Um, you, you know, are, do, do you like to see that sort of development over the years? Um, the fact that you see uh, somebody that comes in and really has applied some of the things that you've talked about in class.
1: I, I no longer teach freshman level classes. I have, um, but uh, I teach one sophomore level class, and the rest are junior and senior level. Um, but it, uh, you know, we're we're a tight enough department with a fluid enough sense. like none of us own any student so I um, like I'm aware of students work at the freshman level because I see it in the hallway even if they haven't been my students and yes that's like super gratifying a a lot of our students went to either underfunded high school art programs or maybe they didn't have an art program at Mm. their high school Um, and so they, they really are sort of blank slates and that's like incredibly gratifying
0: and and the fact that you, within that department of art and design you have uh, here in that, and that in especially within that building you have such a support uh for all of the students um it's just a wonderful to be i'm sure part of that uh group that uh lifts up the entire student body as you said even though you you may they may go into different concentrations right they all have an ex- uh, opportunity to have input from uh, a group of faculty that really care about their development.
1: Right, I'm teaching a, an intermediate illustration class, and there are studio artists and animators and graphic designers in that class. And they work very differently, but they're all, like they're feeding off each other and introducing ideas to each other from their various concentrations. And I, I think that's the strength of our department when that happens.
0: Um, we're going to move into your professional work and and, um i'm just going to use a quote i i I will tell you i talked to um the chair mclean uh gave me some information a little bit you are a collector of paper ephemera uh often vintage paper that you find another purpose for by making collages you had mentioned so how did you kind of come into that uh
1: that medium Um, when i was an undergraduate i had a you know, one of those pivotal moments. I was taking art history and anatomy and physiology at the same time, and I was struck by how the students in my anatomy and physiology class looked at the images in the textbook differently than the art students looked at the images in the art history textbook. Mm. And in some ways, uh, the people taking the science class like looked with more fervor, um, trying to understand something that was complicated. And Um, I became interested in the, um, you know, how different groups use images differently and that scientific images have some authority that art sometimes lacks. So anyway, I started making collages out of scientific images to explore that thought. And I would use those as a sketching tool for a drawing. And on a trip to Switzerland where I was living in a, a tiny town and no one spoke English, like it took going to Switzerland to realize I could stop making the drawings and just make the clauses, that they were more interesting. And that was 1993 and that's all I've done since then.
0: So does it matter what the age is or what the subject
1: is? The only time it matters is I also do clause work for clients mm-hmm. um, and uh, copyright's always an issue when something is, is done for clients. And some clients are skittish about it. I did, I did a, I just finished a book of 52 collages, and they wanted absolute certainty that nothing was published before 1926. So I have to have a lot of vintage uh, paper on hand for that. Um, When I work for other clients like the New York Times, like, they don't care. Uh, Like, I can use anything they want. I'm assuming they maybe have an army of lawyers uh, who can, like, (laughs) defend that choice. So it it really depends on the client. But because of uh, being conscious of copyright, potential copyright violation, I the work for hire is almost always very old paper.
0: Hmm. So when you're dealing with that, that vintage antique paper, do you ever say to yourself, there's, there's, there's a limited amount that might be available here. So you have to be, you have to know what you're doing.
1: You know, I don't ever say that because there's always something else, even if I wreck that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think of art materials as being sort of like a well. Like you should use them all, all the time because like more will show up. Um, But uh, I am, like sometimes I'll order something, like I'll see it on eBay and I think it would be great in a collage and I order it and it comes and it's just like too nice for me to cut up. And I'm like, oh drat And uh, because then what am I going to do with it? Uh, Normally I find somebody who would value it as it is intact and give it to them because there are limits to what i'll cut up
0: Uh, (laughs) that's interesting now you um, you mentioned that you went to switzerland you have been uh, you've exhibited across the uh, united states but you've also traveled Um, what are some of your favorite memories of that that you can share about uh, your work and uh, where you've been Uh,
1: so there have been a couple of cities that themselves seem like vibrant in the moment, even though they're very old cities. Rome is one, and Istanbul is one, and Mexico City was that way. Uh, th- there are old cities like Florence that seem sort of on tourist life support, like th- nothing, but those, those first cities, like Istanbul is like its own place in the moment, even though you are walking down streets that have existed for 1,500 years. Uh, And those are the cities that I love, where the present and its vitality is layered on to the beauty of the past. Hmm.
0: Now, you mentioned also having the opportunity to work with clients over the years. Mm -hmm. And um, certainly there's the uh, production of art that you want to make. And Mm -hmm. then there's the production of art that somebody else is saying uh, I will pay you to make. So what are the positives and negatives of of both doing uh, client work as opposed to what you produce on your own.
1: You know the only negative sometimes of working with clients is that uh, uh, digital illustration is so ubiquitous that it's hard for them to grasp like what it means to make a physical analog collage. Like they'll say, "We like this, but could you like make that element blue?" And I'll say, "I can't because that element's not blue." It, like, or can you make this bigger? And I'm like, "Nope, that's the size it is." And uh, Uh, But that doesn't happen much because most people, when they hire me, they're hiring me because it looks handmade. They're looking for an alternative to something that has the slickness of digital production. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I'm interested in, I I trained as an illustrator as an undergraduate, and then my MFA is in drawing. But I'm interested in, like, what it means to, like, find a visual equivalent for an idea that's embedded in a text and that's really what collage what illustration does and i don't care if that idea is mine or if that text is mine i mean i have ideas that i want to make an image in response to but if uh you know the the book i just illustrated was written by my sister margaret wrinkle and um, i was just as eager to, to read through her words and try to find a, like a visual analog for that. Like, I don't, like the process is interesting. It doesn't matter where the idea comes from.
0: I think so many of our professors within the College of Arts and Letters are, and, and you and I just kind of briefly talked about this before we went on, are storytellers. Yeah. And. Um, do you see yourself as a storyteller, and, and and have you seen your development as a storyteller?
1: Well, I'm I'm from Alabama, and we traffic in stories in Alabama. So y- yes, I come from a long line of storytellers, um, uh, but uh, I I. Well, one of the part of the genius of my education at Auburn University was that the faculty encouraged me in like true humanities fashion to be interested in my other classes and bring them back to the art department into my illustration classes. And those were stories, whether there are stories about what happens in the Krebs cycle in biology or like what happened in the fall of Constantinople or in history class, like those, like I'm, the story element is what I was always interested into even outside of English class and um, and and I'm always trying to find a way for that to be part of my studio practice.
0: Well hopefully we've been able to piece together enough of an interview (laughs) today. (laughs) We're gonna do a little pun here at the end of the interview there Billy. So we appreciate you you being on the podcast today.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: And thanks to our viewers and listeners out there for joining us. We will continue to profile some of the outstanding professors we have in the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin Peay State University. So until next time, stay safe, take care, and God bless.